You are listening to the System Saving Podcast, episode number 154. Today, we're going to be talking about how to sell to women. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jordan Gill, and my business love language is efficiency. Because who doesn't want to sit pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? If your business depends on you, you don't own one. You have a job. We're here to fix that. Now with over 150 episodes, this is the System Save Me Podcast. Before I dive into this episode, I want to share with you a tool that totally makes me want to do the Cupid Shuffle in the middle of Whole Foods, Acuity Scheduling. I've had Acuity for over five years, so we're basically in a common law software marriage. Anywho, I'm going to tell you one way I use Acuity to save me time. I bet for every call scheduled on your calendar, you have to manually create a Zoom link and then go update the Google invite. Stop that. Like, right now. No, seriously. Acuity and Zoom have an integration where for every new call set up in Acuity, Zoom automatically creates a conference call link for you. Hooray! Just go to the integration subtab and click Zoom. Follow the directions for adding the API codes from Zoom. Then choose which appointment types you want to create Zoom links for. And lastly, in your email settings, inside of all your confirmation and reminder emails, place the term percentage sign, location, percentage sign, and Zoom will automatically add in the call link. Boom. Efficiency for the win. If you want to learn more from my free training about how to use Acuity in your business, or start using Acuity today, go to systemsamey.com slash Acuity for life. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y for life. All right, now back to the show. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to share this guest with you today. We have gotten to meet and chat um, in person and online, and I'm really going to have trouble keeping this interview short. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. <laughs> I love this woman. So Susan, how are you doing today? I'm amazing, Jordan. I was super excited to to chat and connect and uh, just share with you today. Yes, yes, yes. This is going to be a fun one, you guys. So let's go ahead and start off by having you shoot us a couple of details about you and your business. Sure. So my name is Susan McVeigh, and I'm a business sales strategist. I help entrepreneurs and business owners essentially make more money. So Amen. I, I take the sleaze out of sales. I help you to make it really super simple and easy um, because let's face it, we're in business because we want freedom and flexibility and we can do that while we're still making lots of money and making big impact. We don't have to work twice as hard in order to make twice as much profit. And so I really want people to focus on simple and easy things that make sales feel great. Yes, I totally agree. And You know, this is going to be an interesting topic because it's going to be a little different than normal, which I actually enjoy a lot. Uh, But let's go ahead and dive in. We are going to be talking about how to sell to women uh, specifically, because I think, I mean, and and Susan obviously is going to share that she knows that it's very different to sell to women than it is to men or even extroverted versus introverted women, all of that stuff. It plays a part. So let's start out with you describing your business before you really recognize the difference between selling to men and selling to women. Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in corporate, I 
I work with both, right? I mean, in corporate, you don't get to choose. You, you don't get to say, oh, sorry, guy, like you, you got to go back out the door and I'm only going to work with women. But when I decided that in the online space, as I really um, took the opportunity to, to listen to the, the people, I realized, wow, women are really struggling they don't feel comfortable. And I would watch, and I remember seeing this even um, as a, a starter salesperson, because sales is not my love language. It is not natural to me. <laughs> I am a huge introvert. And seeing guys just make offers and just tell people what to do, I'm really direct. But it felt so it felt so forceful and it felt really out of place. Yeah. And so in the online space, as I started to figure out, you know what? Women, there's not enough women who are teaching other women how to build businesses and how to sell properly that have the training, have the know-how, and that can adapt based on your, your circumstance, your situation, and your background, because women do sell differently, and we're being taught how to sell like a man to other men. So I usually work with women who have a large female audience. And if you're selling to other women and you are trying to sell like a man, as if you're selling to other men, well, it's like, like literally putting a round, uh, like a round nail in a a square peg. Like I did that totally backwards, right? (laughs) You know what I mean though? Yes. Yes. We get it. And so I realized that and especially as I was starting to read, I, I still am constantly learning myself, although I have over 20 years in sales experience, I'm constantly looking to improve my skills because it's not natural to me. And I want to make sure that I stay sharp and every single book they're written by men. They're very few, like go ahead, do a Google search, check on Amazon. And that's why women were struggling. And so the thing that I kind of took for granted because over time sales is a skill that you absolutely can learn. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to get really good at it. And when I saw these women just like suffering Mm -hmm. because they had such amazing gifts, such amazing ideas, such amazing businesses, they couldn't get money consistently coming through the door. It just broke my heart. And I thought, you know what? I have a way, I have a system, I have a a way to teach people and it really needs to be shared more and we really need to understand. So, and this applies if you're a guy listening to this too, and you have women that you're trying to help, then this completely applies as well because you can't sell in the same way. It's just not going to work. Yep. Totally agree. So then was there a moment that you had, maybe you were on a specific sales call with a woman that you were like, okay, like, this isn't working or you just kept bumping up against um, some way that just was not happening. What was it that finally was the last straw? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started and I had mentors telling me do free, don't do free, like everything in between. Right. And you go, well, what, what is the right way? And I had, I had already decided I want to work with women. Um, It was really near and dear to my heart. And yet I was getting on sales call after sales call after sales call. Now, mind you, Jordan, like I've had a history of sales, like I, in corporate, I've sold multi-million dollars on my own, like $40 million plus. And my teams have sold over 600 million plus. So the fact that I couldn't sell my own stuff to a woman and I was struggling, I had to go back and say, 
what am I, what am I missing here? I discounted my prices. So before I got my very first paying client, I had a call with somebody and she desperately wanted my help. And I already anticipated, I suspected she wouldn't be able to afford the price that I really wanted to charge. So mm. I prepared with a discount and I gave her the discount and she still said, no, cue the wah wah. Yeah, right? seriously. <laughs> so in that moment, I realized, huh, it's not my offer. It's not my price. It's who I'm selling to. Mm. Who I'm selling to. I've forgotten that women sell differently. And I was kind of uh, bulldozing them into making the decision without taking that into account. And I was forcing them to walk along a, a, like a, a more straight line, like a linear path yeah. without allowing them to zigzag. Because for women, we zigzag. Not everyone. No. Uh, I, I happen to actually purchase more like a, a man, yeah. which is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at the same time, um, our brains are hardwired differently as women. And so as much as we, uh, our personality or characteristics might mean that we're more like a guy in the way that we make our decisions and purchases, physiologically, there's still a bit of that pull mm -hmm. because we are women, because we are genetically driven a certain way with how our brains are wired. And so the more that comes across with your potential customers, the more you need to be aware of that and be able to zigzag with them as opposed to forcing them to just keep moving forward step by step because yep. it's like taking a kid who doesn't want to go to the dentist. Like, mm -hmm. ooh, <laughs> right. Nightmare. Yeah, oh, 100%. So I'm excited to start walking through kind of the steps that you took to start understanding women, the psychology of them, the questions they might ask or the mindset hurdles they might have during the conversation, whatever all those things are. Go ahead and start walking us through the process on how to sell to women. Yeah, absolutely. So women typically want to feel heard. Mm -hmm. They want to feel understood and they want to have a connection with whoever they buy from, especially if you are listening to this and you sell high ticket or premium programs and services. Yeah. So women that are making that purchase really need to have a high level of trust. And that trust only comes when they feel like you get them. Mm -hmm. So if you speed up the process, it actually will be detrimental. Now there's different personality types and there's definitely a psychology that, that fits into this. Mm -hmm. So you need to really match the pace of your buyer, but in the early stages, what often happens, so guys usually like to get straight to the result. Like let's get down to business. What are you selling me? What am I going to get? What's the price? And while a woman could do that and they're asking, they may ask you a question up front and say, well, how much do you charge? Yeah. And your natural instinct might be, well, if I don't tell them, will they be upset? If it's a woman, no, they won't. A guy more than likely will say, you're wasting my time and I'll, they'll hang up the phone or they'll just walk sure. away. Yeah. But a woman is much more forgiving because if you ask them and you position it properly around, I want to make sure that I get to know you. I want to make sure that I actually understand what is important to you. And then if it's a fit, then obviously I'm going to share the ways that we can work together. But right now it doesn't even make sense for me to share that information with you. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. I think it is, you know, there are price shoppers and, and all of that sort of stuff as well. But I think 
it is important. And I, and I definitely am somebody who likes when somebody wants to understand what it is that I need before they pitch me something. Cause I'm like, you don't even know if what you're pitching me is or, or sharing with me or inviting me into actually does fit what I need because that's what this call is for is to determine what my needs are. If you can, you know, actually help me with those needs. And then, you know, I want to hear more, obviously. Absolutely. Right. And the, and the thing is that, um, I'll throw in a stat, 80% of consumer spending is controlled by women. So even if you think it's the guy, it's probably the woman. So, so, right. So if you're selling anything where it feels like there's a joint decision-making happening with a man and a woman, Mm -hmm. do not ignore the woman. Do not sell like the straight line approach where you just like go on straight for the jugular because the woman will drop off. She will be disinterested. She won't be engaged and you could be missing out on a sale. Mm. So the key thing here is that if you spend so too often as the, the sales world, you're taught to close, yeah. right? What does that say? ABC always be closing. Yeah. And while that's important, you need to know when to ask and to know how to close so that you don't oversell and actually talk yourself out of a sale. Mm. For women in particular, you need to actually spend way more time at the front end and then the close will happen super simple. Yeah. Like essentially women will just ask, like, how do I work with you? Like, what's the next step? And so they will inquire. And so if you feel like you're chasing after clients and yet you're having the right p- potential prospects on the phone with you, mm-hmm. then you're not spending enough time up front. You need to create a safe environment for them to share what's going on. Because until you get to the root cause of what exactly is the biggest struggle for them, not the biggest struggle that you think it is for them. Yeah then they will not move forward with you. So with women, our brains actually, um, so I'm going to give, give you some weird nerd science about the brain. Yes. <laughs> perfect. I'm all for it. <laughs> so women's brains, even if you're left brain or right brain, mm-hmm. um, because we have a tendency to be one or the other mm-hmm. women's brains, actually the, there's like pathways or a bridge that goes in between to help them communicate between left and right. Yeah. Our bridge, which means the amount of time that our brain ping pongs between left and right Mm -hmm. is way bigger than men's, way bigger, which means that for a woman, because, uh, and I always get this mixed up. I think it's left, left brain is logical, right brain is more emotional, creative. Mm -hmm. It means that you actually have to do both. You have to go back and forth between both or you will lose the sale. So Mm -hmm. if you have ever sold to a woman and you're just fact, 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 result, 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 case studies, and she's like, yeah, that sounds good. I need to think about it. And you're thinking, what, what in the world just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Even for a woman like me, like you, Jordan, yep. we are more like a man in that we do want to know the results. If we don't feel connected, if we don't hear the story, if we don't feel like we relate to the people that you've helped, like you, you don't add yep. an emotional component, yep. you've lost us, right? Mm-hmm. And at, at the same time, you don't want to spend so much time in the emotion that you neglect the logic, that mm-hmm. you neglect 
the results. So mm -hmm. that's why I had shared earlier, selling to a woman, it's, it's a bit of a zigzag. It's like dancing. So yeah. you're going to lead and then you're going to have to pull her back and you're going to lead and, and push her in one direction and then pull her back. And so that ping pong between left and right brain is how women's brains think. And so even if she's not communicating that there's an emotional piece, like she's scared or she's worried or she's thinking, oh my God, do I have enough time? Um, yes. Is this actually going to work for me? So usually the negative piece is the emotions that, that show up oh. and you need to be able to appease that with matching her emotion by showing it on the positive side or being able to say, I relate. Maybe you're Maybe you're scared, like share with me a little bit what's coming up for you. How do you feel? Um, you know, can you give me a, a situation of when you have been struggling with this in your current life? How does that show up for you? What impact has that had on your life? So those are the things that are going to allow her to tap into that emotional piece. Mm. And then you can bring her back and say, I totally understand. It's what I've helped my clients with. Here's what we've been able to accomplish. And then it gives her ooh, that's the result. That's the outcome. Very logical based. Mm, yeah. I think that it's helpful to understand where the, the emotional side fits in. Cause I think a lot of us understand where the logical stuff comes in. Um, cause obviously people are hiring you to solve a problem. Like it is what it is, but where that emotional piece fits in, I think is is good to know and get them talking about it as well. But then also having that positive spin of like, Oh, like you don't have to worry. I've seen this before and this is what I've been able to, to, to transition from feeling like whatever to feeling like I've, I've gotten the results that I wanted. And so you mentioned a little bit prior to the call about introverted, extroverted, all that good stuff. Talk to us a little bit about that, depending on the type of, of woman that you're speaking with and the type of woman that you are. I'm sure there's some, some, I guess, little tips or tricks that, that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so introverted and extroverted um, is really it's energy. And sometimes when you're introverted, you can be outgoing, right? And not shy, but at the same time, you might not sell the same way as somebody who is more extroverted, who really wa wants to spend a lot of time with that person. Yeah. Um, in, in either situation, introverts typically are going to be actually to be perfectly frank, they're usually better salespeople because mm -hmm. they do a better job of asking questions tend to not want to talk about themselves, which means that there's a couple of things. You need to share enough about yourself that you're relatable. You can't be so intensely private about your results or the things that you've done that really could help you connect with the female buyer. Mm -hmm. So the introverted buyer does not so this is where, again, setting that stage around that trust at the very beginning of the call is really, really critical because oftentimes our introverted buyers can find it hard to share more private details, especially mm -hmm. if you are dealing with something that is more um, transformational, right? If you're talking about things that are like the deep, dark secrets of their soul, at least they feel like that when you're asking them some of these questions and you're going to dig deeper and deeper to really get to the root cause of why they're on the call with you. So introverts, you just need to be able to really preserve that space. Now, extroverts, if you're an extrovert, you will probably find it 
harder to maintain your calm <laughs> and also to, to not talk as much. So the best skill for you is to not talk ahead of the question. Mm. And especially if you are selling to a more introverted buyer, introverts sometimes need more time to think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're really, really simplifying things because there's other personality types and different characteristics, mm -hmm. but in general, an extrovert, you, you just want to keep going and you need to be careful of that because you can talk yourself out of the sale. You can talk yourself ahead of where your buyer is currently sitting in the journey of that zigzag back and forth with you. Yep. And if you do that too fast, they're going to feel disconnected. So all that work that you did up front to basically hold their hand is, yeah. is like a slap in the face because they're going to feel all of a sudden like really far apart from you. So yeah. just things to be mindful of as you're continuing with your journey and really think about how you're going to continue to have a deep connection with those people. Mm. And typically, uh, but not always, you are going to attract people who are more similar to you because that's what you're putting out as you're continuing right. to market and sell yourself. So mm. you don't have to be somebody that you're not in order to have a meaningful dialogue on a sales conversation. Yeah, that's super helpful. And I've been really intrigued lately in Myers-Briggs and um, cause I'm an e ENTJ and, but it's interesting because my buyers are the complete opposite. Like every single letter is the complete opposite of me. <laughs> like what? what like isfp like who are you like i don't even <laughs> so it's interesting because i've taken the time to do the market research and ask my buyers you know what what myers briggs are you and i'm like what like how is that what okay so it's it's taken me some time to really develop and understand and i found that also i personally am a multi-step sales call person. And so if somebody doesn't let me get off the phone and process, then it's like an automatic no for me just because it's not because I'm not ready to make the decision, but I'm an internal processor. So I talk, I need to go like sleep on it for a minute and then I'll talk to you in a couple of days and we'll have a conversation. And a lot of times I will say yes on that second call because you gave me the time to process in the way that I need to in order to make the right call for me. So for those, I guess that's like two different two different questions I have. One is if your buyers are the complete opposite of you and you're struggling to find that relatable piece, any suggestions around that? And again, mine are all women buyers as well, but again, they're the complete opposite of, of the Myers-Briggs scale. Mine are almost the complete opposite because my, I am an INTJ. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a lot of my uh, clients have been ENFP. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So it's just the N that's in common. Mm -hmm. So, and here's the thing is that you need to think about, and I, I joke about this too, because I've always said it's either going to be very, very similar to you or the complete opposite because the saying opposites mm -hmm. attract. Right. <laughs> There's a reason why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think the main thing there is to be genuine and to, this is where, you know, your, your pre-sales process needs to come into play. You need to be able to qualify them. You need to have um, preparation. And so dig around, right? Like if you're asking people to provide their website, like don't ask that if you're not going to actually use it. 
Go right. and hop on the website. Go and look at their social media handles. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that you can find out about their life that you can relate to or ask a question about that will open up the conversation? Mm-hmm. And yes, at the end of the day, even asking like, where are you from? Have you always lived there? Who do you live with? Like just find out small details. And I'm going to totally out myself. I hate small talk. I hate it. <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> but it's like when you first date somebody, right. you gotta start somewhere. You're not gonna all of a sudden. I mean, I remember when I first met my my husband. Yeah, we were dating at the time. You don't go from meeting a, a guy or a girl and saying, "Do you want to get married?" Right. Because that was my goal. Right. Every relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually I will get married to somebody. I just don't know who that somebody is. And this is the thing with your client is, you know, eventually one of them is going to be your customer or your client. You just don't know when and who and why. And so don't be afraid to just open up the door like you would with a regular human being. If you at Starbucks and you said something, what would you say to that person? Like be nice. And then from there, the conversation will keep going. But do your preparation first. Do your homework and find at least one thing that you think you're genuinely interested about. Don't ask a totally random question. Um, I ask where you live because I'm always looking for places to travel to, like to visit. And I want to hear, why do you love it? Like, what have you always lived there? And the stories behind the people are super fascinating to me. So that's what I pick. Pick yeah. something for you. Yep. No, I love that too. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a travel bug. So, and I've moved 12 times in my life. So it's always really fun. If I am, if the client is from where I'm from, I can see, cause they'll, they'll put in their intake and I'll be like, Oh, like I, you know, lived here too for two seconds of my life or whatever. And so that tends to be my, my in as well. So, um, but I know that other people tend to, again, attract opposites on their, on their phone conversations. And it can be just nerve wracking if you know that like, again, and I think generally speaking, I've also gotten feedback about people like my directness, which I actually thought they wouldn't because they're very feely. They're very like harmony, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, I am like, I am very direct. And so I thought that that was actually a problem, but it actually draws them in. So definitely talking to past clients as well is, is a good way for you to get those insights on why people buy from you and, and really what it is that makes you stand out from other people. What the heck was I talking? What was my second point? I don't even remember what my second point was because this was <laughs> so good. Um, but also I think when it comes to selling and the ask, specifically most women fear it and well, people fear it, but women especially. Yeah. Is there languaging that you would want to give so that it is, again, maybe it's the same as men, maybe it's not, but that is still like, doing the ask, but maybe feels better as a woman or is received better as a woman? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of different ways. Typically, I, I almost always recommend, because here's the thing, if you get to the point where somebody is still on the phone with you or on the conversation and they haven't said, no, I'm totally not interested, then you're, you're in pretty good hands, right? To be able to to make the ask, make the offer and then, and then to pause because what ends up happening is that we rush the ask and there was like an oversight and people often think, did you, 
did I miss it? Like, what yeah. just happened? So yeah. I, I tend to go with an assumptive close, which means that I'm assuming if we're already at this point in the conversation, that unless something major comes up, you're ready to work with me. Mm. I like that. That's the space that I come from. How you say that can sound different depending on where the situation is. So if if it's at the point where you've already discussed the investment level, you know what the actual offer looks like, um, and now it's just a matter of confirmation, it really could be as simple as when would you like to start? Yeah. Right? So instead yeah. of saying, would you like to start? Yeah. It's, when would you like to start? Because you're assuming, of course, you're going to start with me. Right. What date would you like to book your first call? Yeah. Right. Or how would you like to pay? Mm. PayPal, yep. credit card. Do you want me to send you an invoice? Are you by your computer? Can I just send it over to you? Yep. <laughs> Make yeah. it simple. Now, if you're listening and you go, ooh, I don't know about that, Susan, like that sounds really quite forceful it's a little more direct than what I'm comfortable doing mm -hmm. then it's okay to, to ask what would you like our next steps to look like oh that's good too right yeah. because people are going to say if you're at this point in the conversation you've been honest the whole way and you've said I would love to work with you I would love to support you here's what I think you're going to get out of this focus on the benefits not on the features and yeah. you're walking them through any objections or resistance that might have shown up then it's just a matter of figuring out well where do I fit into the grand scheme of your life and if you have other things that need to get lined up, like finances, like time, like childcare, like whatever, yeah. that needs to be addressed before you can make the commitment and actually be present for our work together, well, yeah. heck, I'd, I'd rather you tell me up front than me yeah. going through all the work of a client proposal, invoice, yeah. putting your name in my system, yeah. and then you come back and go, Oh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> what? Right. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Always having qualifiers. I'm big on that. That's for exactly. sure. So. Like, were we on the same call? Did I miss something? And this is where sometimes, especially if you are selling to a woman, if you say the assumptive close and there is hesitation, mm. so this is where right. as women, there is a part of uh, art meets science to selling. Yeah you know when you bulldoze somebody or you're you're starting to um over control the conversation a little bit mm -hmm. and depending on your audience women are have been conditioned socially to be more accommodating yeah, yeah. so it's more likely that they will go along with you until they can escape and then tell you the truth or not tell you the truth at all. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever been ghosted by somebody that you thought was a yes, this is the reason why. You have, and I'm gonna guarantee that on the call, you had a weird feeling. You had that like a little nudge in your tummy going, are you, are you actually in? Right. <laughs> Wait, am I, am I just so excited that I actually don't even remember if you said yes. Yeah. 
So this is where it's okay to take a pause and just check in with people and mm -hmm. with women in particular, they appreciate that, right? Do you have any questions before we actually make the commitment? Yeah. Uh, are there any questions coming up for you? And oftentimes we fail to ask those questions because we don't want to hear the answer. We don't want an objection to come up. Yeah. But here's the thing, if you don't address it now, it you, you lose that opportunity. Yep. So you might as well call it out be able yeah. to walk through it while you have the space and the time with that person and to help them to break it down yeah. as opposed to them going off and then having like the swirling crazy mixture of thoughts all by themselves that yeah. are the wolves should I could I would I and and then they just shut down yeah that's all yeah. that's all bad news objections are not bad it's it's uh, it's good to have those conversations up front i completely agree with you so wrapping up um the final few questions what was your best financial investment in business uh best financial investment in business has always been uh mentorship mentorship coaches programs like learning my own personal development and learning um it has never steered me wrong I always learn something, whether it's right. what I thought I was going to learn <laughs> right, or what I needed to learn. Yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, and then what was your worst financial investment in business? I don't think I've, I don't, I, I don't think I've had one. Um, I invested right from the get go because I knew nothing about online business and I wanted to build an online business. Right. So I had to invest. And as much as I have uh, invested and not everything has worked out the way that I had hoped for, I would say none of them have been for nothing. They've all helped me to learn and get to where I am today. And they will continue to do that. So whether or not I get what I thought I was going to get or what I had hoped to put into the program or um, as you know, get as the result. Yeah. I think for me, they've all helped me to learn and grow as a business owner. So I really can't fault any of them. Any awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, so where can people find you online, your website, social media, all the places, and we have an awesome freebie as well for my audience. So share all the places. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you can find me, my website, susanmcvay.com. Um, I'm, across all social media as Susan McVeigh. So whichever is your preferred platform these days, I am spending my most time on Facebook, although Instagram stories and IGTV is definitely something that I have like is near and dear to my heart. I just yeah. can't always keep up with the pace. Yeah. Um, and my special gift for all of you, if you're interested is, the exact six-figure blueprint that I use to achieve my six figures in my business. Um, it, it covers off my three-step system and, I'll, and I actually blew it up in a lot more detail, created this giant mind map. I totally geeked uh, out. Yeah. Um, Help me to get there in six months. I say that kind of side mouth because I had a 20-year runway. And so right. it, all of what I learned offline and then online distilled into like a seven page PDF for all of you. So nice. you can grab that susanmcveigh.com slash six dash bigger dash blueprint. The link will be below because I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. The link will be in the show notes description everywhere. Um, so we'll make it real easy for you to find that. Thank you so much again, Susan, for coming on and uh, sharing all of your insights. I love 
hearing your your takeaways about sales and, and I always learn more than one nugget. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. It was amazing to be on here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to System Safety. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Safety. Don't forget to check out the workflow template shop at systemsamey.com to help you work less and make more.